It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. For BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich to celebrate the 150th anniversary of BF Goodrich. Get up to $150 cash back when you purchase four or more passenger or SUV tyres. This is, of course, Real Adventures, where we talk all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors. My co-pilot, as always, is one of Victoria's most prominent recreational anglers. Aaron, have good. Good morning, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick. Uh, I said to you, I haven't spoke to you all week, and I thought I'd uh, say good day and ask you how Strathbroke Island uh, or Strathbroke Island's been treating you the past few days. And of course, with your fantastic organisation skills, uh, you missed out on going there. <laughs> Well, I've been in mourning, Redmond. I've been in mourning. And, and we're not mentioning the game that's played on an oval with an oval ball. It might have Sharon embroidered into it ever again. <laughs> Goodbye, <laughs> AFL. Never again. <laughs> uh, 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 no, I think you must be referencing NFL because that's the moment. Melbourne Storm had a fantastic win uh, last Sunday night. They were, they were fantastic to watch, much better than how my Saturday night went and your Saturday night too. So we're not talking about that, but you did miss, a be- you did miss the boat in going to Strathbroke Island, but you are currently now where? And I'm hoping you get a little bit of done because I know you've just arrived the last couple of days. Yes, no, we're um, up in Noosa for a week because, as you said, I'm terribly disorganised. <laughs> so I think a lot of people can relate to. But by the time that we started planning, sort of late last week, Marge and I were thinking, well, where are we actually going to go? And we planned Strathbroke, and then when we went to like Airbnb and we were looking for houses that could accommodate um, the six of us because mum and dad had come up about a month ago. Uh, they're all gone, <laughs> so we've 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 made our way up to Noosa. Uh, we'll be up here for a, for a week, so the plan is to do uh, a bit of estuary work and then a little bit of offshore fishing as well. Beautiful time of the year up here. It can get a bit sort of uh, gnarly in the afternoon if those sort of storms start to move across. But looking forward to doing a bit of fishing up here. We've got the fly rod actually up here, Redmond. So we're going to chase a few. Um, Future Valley and a few brim on the fly this week, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Haven't fly fish, haven't fished for, for such a long period of time, so it's been unusual to be able to go to a coffee shop, sit down at a coffee shop and have a coffee, so yeah, that, things, are, things are looking brighter for your part of the world. Well, Victoria's obviously opened the borders up, which you're back on Dan the Man this week or not? No, I was about to say S-H-I-T then no, but... No, Pat, I'm not. I'm still not, and it probably won't ever be. But I was just about to say to yourself, you told me you're coming back, I think, roughly next Thursday, I think you said in a text message. Don't come back. Don't <laughs> don't come back, because it's horrible here. 
Uh, we've got to. So he's announced. Dan the man has announced that as of the eighth. Oh, I don't know. If it was, I can't remember if it was midnight eighth of November, whenever it was midnight eighth. So the ninth, you can go back to regional moving into Metro Melbourne and Metro moving into regional and no 25k limit for those Metro guys. Uh, still hard yards going for the Melbourne crew at the minute. Like you said, it's it's definitely eased off a little bit. Uh, I know Craig, obviously Craig's partner with Salt Guy with myself, the day that they got released last week. Poor old Craig went straight to Bunyan's warehouse and reckons he couldn't get a car park for two hours because everyone just managed to get out of their house just because they have not been able to for such a period of time. But things are definitely easing off here, Pat. A fair bit, which is nice to see. Um, that's good. When it comes to all things fishing, though, there's been some pretty big developments um, in beautiful South Australia at the moment. The Port River, which when you know, I spent eight years in Adelaide, fished it um, often. Great place to catch Australian salmon. I actually caught kingfish there previously as well. Um, Things look dire at the moment for, for wreck anglers and the Port River. Looks like at some stage, recreational fishing will be banned in the Port River. Um, a lot of this is due to uh, dolphins and eating of live baits, winding up dead, and then recreational fishermen are being blamed for this. Now, there's huge uproar uh, in South Australia at the moment. You only need to look at you know, posts um, on SA Angler and you see the comment section, just literally hundreds and hundreds of people up in arms around, you know, being able to, to fish the Port River, something they've fished for, for decades. And let's be frank, it's been a bloody tough time because of the snapper ban that doesn't end until 2023 already. So there's already been so much that recreational anglers have been removed from um, and this just adds to another layer um, of disappointment for anglers over in, in South Australia. Yeah, you're spot on. Between COVID rec- restrictions in Melbourne and restrictions on fishing in South Australia, I, I reckon you're not going to any of those two states at the minute, Pat. You'll be trying to avoid these two. But like you said, the dolphin eating the live bait is a very, very abnormal thing to happen. Now, I am fortunate enough to fish amongst dolphins, around dolphins quite regularly, whether it's on the marlin or on the bluefin tuna. Uh, and I'm fortunate enough to see them all through Port Phillip Bay. They'll swim by me nearly nearly every couple of days. I have dolphins go past me. And yet, you never catch them. You just never, ever catch them. You hear of the odd one being foul hooked when they're trolling lures, but very rarely do you actually physically catch and hook a dolphin. So... For this instant, which has been the uproar to come off the back of this dolphin that has been killed in the port, uh, the port river, it's because it's such an incredible fishery. But let's be it is. let's be clear, it is a great place to go and fish, um, and thousands and thousands of people every year go and fish it. It's a really important, not just for people that enjoy fishing, but for local um, tackle stores and the like. They rely on the port river and the tourism that it generates uh, for people to tackle to go and fish these areas. So it's already happened with snapper fishing. That's already hammered the industry, hammered charter uh, boats, local tackle stores it. and charter boats. This just adds another layer to it. At some stage, um, the government has to prioritise recreational anglers because South Australian anglers have been hammered right through the last 24 months. And um, they're such an important part of the the tourism that supports so many 
local businesses right throughout um, the state of South Australia. And in respect to Victoria's government, and this is a strong point, and this comes off the back of SA Angler's comments during the week, is they... Uh, we have a minister for fishing, so we get looked after very well here in Victoria. We get a lot of support from our government um, regarding all the fishing aspect of it, and it's not perfect. You know, there's, there's always different, you know, arguments that are, yeah. are going to occur, and and the different incidents that arise, and you know, you work through those. But it, it certainly is prioritised. That's spot on, and that's why I basically. Reading what SA Angler and Shane obviously has a fair bit to that, we both have a lot of respect for, and they they need their own minister or something to come over there and help support the fishing industry in South Australia. I think, and I agree with Shane, and that's basically what he's asking in his statement that he made. So it is just, it's it's unfortunate that the dolphin did die. I believe, and in the statement that I read too, that the dolphin would have been sick for that to happen, which or made a mistake. And one, let me say this: one in millions, one in a millions, probably more than a million. Dolphins that, that come around baits that don't ever take them. It, it's just an unlucky situation that happened. And I don't know the river super well. I know how good it does fish, but I believe that if this gets shut down, like you said, it's going to cause an absolute uproar with already the restrictions that are in play in South Australia and the kingfish argument that is going on at the moment, Pat. Um, slightly changing topic, talking uh, world records. There's been a 49 pound, 46, sorry, pound, 46.9 pound brown trout caught, which is believed to be a world record. Rob Paxivanis posted it during the week and most of the other fishing sort of sites and social media pages around uh, Australia have been posting it. Uh, quite extraordinary. Uh, Christmas has come early, Redmond. That's a stonker. I don't know... I- that, yeah, that's a big trout. That's all I got to say. And speaking of trout, some of the lakes and estuary, uh, sorry, the the lake and the estuaries also, but the lakes are fishing extremely well at the moment. Lake Parambit, Zane, good friend of mine, headed down there the other day, and literally, as he says, with near to no idea, and landed half a dozen brown trout, a few rainbow trout, and a, uh, a couple of redfin trawling around too. And that's just one lake to name. And, and, and we had Dan Mackerel on only a few weeks ago and he explained how the fishery works. So if you do want to head to any of our shows or any of our, make sure you head to the Real Adventures app on all your smartphones. Download the app. It is for free. And you can listen to all the conversations that we have with our guest, Patrick. Uh, you've had a good day yesterday. Oh, I thought... I thought my Saturday last week was going to be one of my favourite Saturdays to go through, especially Saturday afternoon, Pat. Got Can let... you stop bringing it up, please? <laughs> it's a little cheeky. I said to you, we're cheeky. not talking about footy. Oh, yes, was... congratulations to Richmond, I was talking we're about... not talking about it. I was Ever talk... again. I was talking about running out of gin, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, I uh, I picked up the new North Bank yesterday, the new, uh, the new six-beater North Bank with the old, well, the new 175 Merc, V6 Merc on the back. And uh, it was nice to tow with, like I'm going to mention a few brands aligned with me at the minute, an easy tow trailer obviously underneath, Lone Star winch on the front, all my Garmin electronics, snapper, I've got beautiful snapper racks on it. How nice is the stainless on this? And my dash, if it's not the best dash going around at the moment, I'm claiming it at the moment, Pat. I'm so obsessed with it. I got to take it out yesterday afternoon, and it was crap. We didn't get to enjoy our experience that much because it was very, it was blowing 20-odd knots from the south, wind against tide, which is disgusting. But it's great to be back on the water with my own boat. And, Pat, just want to mention to you, not having your own boat, how much that actually affects 
your fishing. Like, I've been, I have not chased a snapper other than offshore the past couple of weeks. Uh, sorry, usually this time, this time any year, I've landed probably close to 50 snapper. I literally have not had any interest in targeting them just because I, I think I knew the boat was coming sort of thing. Like, you know it's coming, so you know it's your boat, you know where you're going to go, what you're going to do. But don't get me wrong, I appreciate all the boys that have helped me on the water with lens of boats, especially my old man and a few other mates that have really been helpful to me, but it's just not the same. And you get lazy and you go, oh, I can't be bothered because I'm meeting my mate, oh, I've got to ring him, oh, he's working, you've got to chase it up. So let's just say the fish are not any, they are a hell of a lot more unsafe now that the six metre is in my driveway and I'm going to head out as soon as we are done here Pat and I'm going to head out in the water and hopefully give it a bit better run because it's a bit nicer weather out there today uh, a bit, bit of lighter wind which would be which is extremely exciting for myself Talk to us about running in a boat and how important it is to stick to the protocols around like every engine manufacturer will have their own set of guidelines with how you run in the engine um, how important is it to stick to that so you, ma- uh, so you maximise the, the performance of your outboard? So that's why my engine wouldn't start yesterday on the way back in. That <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, is. And the thing with these days, a lot of engines are actually already run in from um, are run in from factory these days. They actually run them in for you. Uh, but it is anything that your dealership recommends, whether it's a Mercury, Suzuki, a Honda, Yamaha, you name it, whatever it is, stick by it so you don't do damage, especially to the pistons. That's where it does all the work through that area. So make sure you do get your regular service. Uh, I know Mercury uh, that my I have to get my service around that 10-hour mark of your first service. I'm definitely going to stretch that out to probably more like 15 to 20 hours, Pat, just because me getting 10 hours is literally, to be honest with you, depending on what I do, it could be three or four days. Uh, 10 hours of driving I could easily do especially if like, I leave the engine on I'm chasing squid and I just leave the engine on or if I go offshore and I travel sort of, sort of down to Mogs to have a look for a gummy or something there's an hour and a half two hours each driving each way there so stick to the stick to what they say so you don't have damage on your engine and the fishing this week Pat was just magnificent like I was a bit crook at the start of the week the old ticker played up a little bit on me I didn't play up I just started had a bit of a moment Pat a bit of a bit of a sooky moment where I didn't get out of bed for a few days, but I got back onto the water. And speaking of the, the, the calamari, I told you every single, I tell you every single week when they're going to lay, when the moons come. We've got the moon coming tomorrow. On a Sunday, the moon is going to be massive. And these slow tides, the lead up to these slow tides, these big calamari have dropped their eggs in Western Port because I see Chris and Gwaine and a few others destroying the big calamari in there, but also in Port Phillip Bay, I found six patches without really even trying. So these calamari are monstrous, and we'll get in our bags in one or two drifts. That's how thick they are. Also, the whiting can be hard with these moons, so it's about picking those faster tides, and the whiting fishing is going really, really well. It's only going to get better and better. And the snapper, we always talk about when to chase snapper. The question comes in that regularly to myself and other people saying, should I fish this morning? Should I fish the afternoon? Now, going off reports for the past few days, the moon's here. Fishing the moon in the morning, the full moon, can be very, very ordinary snapper fishing. And I know numerous people, including the likes of Paul Worsling, Craig Cox, who owns Salt Guy with me, that all fished during the morning, during the week, and really struggled to turn a reel because of that full moon. So, Fishing the afternoon, on the other hand, is a completely different story. Going into dark is when they're going to fish really well. And I'm not a person to fish after dark, Pat. As you know, I really enjoy my sleep. 
But on these moons, you'll get away with actually fishing after dark. So if you want to fish into the night, full moon is now the time to fish those quicker tides of a night because during the day, they are very slow and they're harder to get fish. As we push away from this moon, Everything will still fish quite well for a week, and then we'll hit the middle of the moons where those tides are quite big, which I prefer for some species, but can be a bit harder at times. You've got to pick your times more. So that there is basically targeting your moons to catch yourselves some more fish. I think I've nearly gone over time there, Pat. Sorry about that. It is. As we wrap up the first segment, up next is The Social Club. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodridge, and don't forget to download the new Real Adventures app. It has all our latest podcasts, fishing news, tips, and recipes. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Before we get into the social club, Redmond, a bit of news around the fishing industry. Fury Custom Boats have released and teased rather than released their new 6.6 meter model and it starts at 85 grand oh yeah just a lazy it's a new trailable boat but it begs the question is boating becoming too expensive when a 6.6 meter boat enters at 85 grand and this isn't a shot at scott fury because they build incredible boats there but more broadly majority of boats now are coming in at that you know, 80-odd grand mark, and that's just your, that's a really simplistic Spartan setup. It's not your bells and whistles. You know, you're looking at, you know, easily in the in the early hundreds of thousands, early hundred thousand mark for a, for a really well-tinkered six-metre model. But when did it become just too expensive for, for families and people to get into fishing with new boats? And you've obviously got to start Hand. It's a good question, and I can thoroughly say to yourself, Pat, because I've just done it literally myself now, is I've just bought a boat, and it just doesn't get any cheaper. And I like to put it into perspective as such as, where does the money go to? Like, and I'm not having a dig at anyone. Any, I'm not talking a specific company. I'm talking about every boating, boating manufacturer and, I guess, marine dealership at, in the world. Uh like you're looking at an engine and I've just put a 175 Merc on the back of my boat and you're looking over well, up to high 20s for that engine, Pat. And yep. you look at a car. Now I can go out and purchase a small vehicle for probably $25,000. I'm talking brand new drive away, Reg- Rego included too, Pat. <laughs> Maybe even insurance. But basically, <laughs> where does the, like you're buying a single engine for the boat, but yet I can buy a whole car for that price. Like, where does that extra thousands and thousands of dollars come into where you've just bought a whole car? So, I I believe that boating is actually getting that expensive that people are struggling to afford to do it. Uh, I know we're going to continue to see more people on the water and it's going to continue to grow, but... Uh, do you, think, well, you can buy secondhand. You well, can that was my smaller. thing. Do you think people are going to buy more secondhand boats rather than brand new boats as such as we kept more expensive? Like, you're looking at, uh, for example, an Edencraft, a uh, fully kitted out Edencraft. You're looking 120K. My, my boat, you're looking 115K. You're looking at um, the Fury, like you said, 85,000 just for the hull. And then you've got, oh, I guess, Bar Crusher, then for a smaller boat, for under a six meter, you're looking at 70k, and then you're looking at an 1850 Stabie, you're looking at 95k. Like, 
95k for an 1850 boat, like it's a lot of money. And I'm not having to dig at anything because they're all the same. Every brand's the same. But it's a hell of a lot of money to spend on fishing as such and boating. Do you agree? I agree. I think technology is changing rapidly. I mean, you only need to look at what Volvo is doing in the automotive industry. They're, they're moving on from diesel. Yep. Last uh, Next year's model, to, uh, 220. 2021, rather, yeah. uh, they're going to be their their last version of the diesel engines that they put into their their cars. So sure. they're moving back to petrol, but uh, pushing their EVs and their hybrid models because they're just as efficient as what the diesel models are now. With how it's all they're all built, so there's no doubt fishing is heading in that way. We've seen that with Torquita, the investment in um. In motoring with with boats, we've seen Mercury invest a huge amount, and they're, and they're still being powered, obviously, with petrol. Uh, but that is a space that I think is going to change over the next few years. It's the challenge for fishing. Clearly, is the weight that we have with batteries, and how we, the marine environment, how that that deals with with batteries. Um, but once once that's navigated, there's no doubt that fishing will head in an all electric. Um, capacity. It's just how quickly we get there because you know, what we've seen over in um, over in Britain, they're heading you know by 2030, they want everyone to be um, driving electric car. That's fine, but not everyone's going to afford an electric car. And the same thing is when it comes to boats. So got to make sure that it's still affordable for everyone to do. And uh, that 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 isn't to say that everyone goes out and buys a $120,000 boat. You can obviously start a lot cheaper than that. But you also want to be safe when you go out and do it. So yeah, that's, that's a, right. Yeah, it's a bit of a balancing act between the two. Time for the Social Club, Redmond. And if you download our Real Extensions app and ask us a question, we're going to read out questions every week. And from that, we're going to pick a winner, and the winner will receive a Dometic CFX3 Ice Maker Model Fridge Freezer. They are absolutely sensational. They're new to the market, so what a way to bring in sort of the Christmas period, Redmond, than win yourself a brand new CFX. All you do is download the app and ask us a question for your chance to win. The first question I think you've got, Redmond. Oh, I do, Patrick, and it's a. I actually like this question. This is this is up there for a winner. It's coming from Tyler Farrelly. Pat, who is a better fisherman out of yourself and your father? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Real sort of sarcasm. Well, if you ask anyone, everyone would have always said John Boy, but John Boy just dad's a zoologist by trade, then became a teacher. He'll explain anything in a way that you think it's actually correct. <laughs> it could just be, it could be farcical and totally made up. It'll say it in a way where you actually think, oh, is that, is that right? Wow. <laughs> so I'm the better fisherman. Let's make that clear, Tyler. And your dad's a bit of um, a something talker. And John Boy is an absolute <laughs> shit talker. Yes, he is. You know All what's right. the funny thing about this? I had no idea. I knew your dad was a teacher, and I knew he knew a, stuff, a lot of stuff about the environment. I didn't know he was a zoologist. I never even knew that. He's happy to tell you. What? We, we, He's probably told we me. I probably just ignored our, him. <laughs> we took our kids to, to SeaWorld during the week, and they were obviously up, and we got to see the polar bears and... Um, you know, you, you meet the staff there, and I reckon every staff member that we sort of met, Dad oh. somehow just wrangled in a way to mention the fact that, oh yes, I'm a zoologist. I don't Look know. Look on your cheek, yeah. everyone in this building is a zoologist. 
Anyway. I just Bob is picturing is, John Boy in my head. That's great. Sorry, take it away. Here's some Christian. What is the absolute best time of the year to go fishing? As Paul Worsling's song says, every day is a good day for fishing, isn't it, Pat? <laughs> well, every it is, and every day is a good day to go fishing. Obviously, the winter time it's it's more challenging because of the weather, but it doesn't mean that the fishing isn't great. Obviously, as we come into to summer, Redmond, what we deal with more often is the build up in winds, and that can make it just as unenjoyable. But if you've got a family that's into fishing, quite clearly the best time to get them into fishing. Uh, is the summertime because they can go out, they can really enjoy it. Uh, the, the weather's nice, and you can catch yourself some fish. I've always found if you want to get people into fishing, pick a good day. They can actually go out and enjoy it. They don't necessarily need to catch something to have fun. But if you pick a crap day and you catch plenty of fish, but everyone's sick, it's going to be terrible. So how can you best? Oh, I'm going to change the word, the two. We're not change the two words. Add a word to it. Depends if you say what is an absolute best time of the year to go fishing or to go catching. I think that's the key word, Pat, is catching or fishing. Now, we always talk about on this show, and you give you away so much information and tips regarding more catching side of things than fishing. And every day that I go fishing, it's relevant to something. And whether it's the tide, the wind we've had, it's been smashing the rocks at Mount Martha, so I'm going to go fishing close off the Mount Martha rocks and catch snapper. Or the whiting, the water's dirty, I'm going to go fish for whiting, the water's clear, I'm going to go fish for squid. So it's not necessarily the best time as such. Every species has a time and place to be there at the right time, whether it's a marlin, a swordfish, a flathead, whatever it is, it's the time to actually fish. So it is a good question, and I'm going to go with a simple answer is summer, because this winter in Victoria was absolutely freezing, and I didn't enjoy it that much, but... Just be mindful, if fishing and catching, if you're going out there, enjoy yourself, get the kids out, catch a few squid. If it's a perfect day, that's a great day to go fishing to do that. If you want to go catching, some days it's in the middle of winter to catch those big 50 centimetre whiting and then the Portfolio Bay heads, it's 8 degrees, windy, and you've had a lot of swell. So depending on your species of fish, that's the easiest answer I've got for you, Pat. All right, Redmond, our winner this week then, who have you got? I've got away 10 over the next 10 weeks. All you do is send in a question to our Real Adventures app, ask away, and if we reel out your name as the winner each week, you win yourself a Dometic Cooler. It's as easy as that. I'm going to go with Tyler because he's made you lie on air that you think you're a better fisherman than your father. <laughs> I think that's a fair answer. Are you happy with that, <laughs> Tyler? Uh, real smart-ass crew <laughs> setting up at the moment. Uh, All right, that wraps up our social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures app for your chance to win a Dometic CFX3 Ice Maker model. An absolute cracking prize. We've got 10 to give away. We've got nine now. Tyler's just taken home one, so we didn't really give him a big pump up there. Come on, Patrick, give him a go. Tyler, you've won, mate. You've won yourself a Dometic. <laughs> Take the prize, mate, and run because there's only two left because I've taken eight. <laughs> this is a Real Adventures for BF Goodridge. BF Goodridge's $150 cashback offer. Visit bfgoodridge.com.au for more information or to find your nearest participating dealer. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures, and it is now time for All Aboard. For Dometic, everything you need for adventures, big or small. And on the line, we have the man himself, the Westernport guru, Gwaine Blake from Salt Guide. Good morning, G-Man. Hey, mate. How are you? Going not too bad. I can actually uh, 
hear the uh, hear the stabby rattling in the water there. You're obviously out in the water. Yeah, we're just having a sound in the north arm right now. Yep. Got that got that full moon coming up tomorrow night, so we're just having a look around in the deep water for a few snapper. Very good. Uh, speaking of snapper, uh, it's all starting to heat off, really, isn't it? You are you're going to be fishing them pretty hard over the next few months, uh, especially in Western Port now. Then pushing into Port Phillip once that temp gets a bit better. Where are we looking in Western Port? What are we doing? Baits, take us through it. So at the moment, the main schools uh, in the warmer water, which is up the top of the port, so around Crawfish, Joe's Island, and around the other side at Coronella and Coronet Bay. The reason being that is because the mud banks come out of the water this time of year, heat up in the nice spring sun, and then as the tide comes back over the top of them, that increases the water temperature by up to two degrees. So we've already got 16.5 over here. And I know you guys are probably sitting on around 14, yep. something like that. So that's the trigger point for the, where we're looking for the snapper. And from there, we'll just start sounding up the fish and, and sitting on them. And we're just using the fresh baits we catch in the port. Anything from flathead fillets, rock fill, rock cod fillets, um, squid, even whiting heads are great too. Yep. Speaking of whiting, they must be thick because I know Craigo earlier in the week got out in Western Port and even he managed to get a nice feed of whiting. So they must be coming good, especially as this moon backs off. Yeah, they'll go really good red once we get through Sunday. I would say that sort of, you know, everyone's going to be out Tuesday for Cup Day. It's going to be a beautiful day as well, northerly, and we're going to have those stronger tides. Those fish are going to go really well, the whiting. And there's, there's been some solid ones up to that 45, 46 centimetres. I know, I know regarding the calamari side of things, uh, Port Phillip Bay is generally this time of the year, it's where, it, it's, where it's at. It's, it's, it's where they drop their eggs massively. Now, I only spoke about this with a mate during the week, and I actually haven't mentioned it to you. Western Port isn't usually amazing this time. You do get some big squid this time of the year, but not like Port Phillip. And Port Phillip was a little bit slow on the first run of eggs that we normally get, especially end of September, start of October. But I know yourself, Chris Cassar, and a few other guys have been heading to Western Port and getting their bag limits of big calamari. I'm starting to think that the eggs have been dropped in Western Port for that first run of fish, and you guys are having the reward of catching them. Would you think that it could be right? Could be right, yeah. And we've had a lot of swell leading up to it too, so maybe they're just holding off on those deeper reefs. But, yeah, definitely down the entrance, at the eastern entrance at Cleland Bites or at Flinders itself, there's been some really good catches of squid in the last few days. We're going to see uh, the gummy shark fishery well, not so much start to heat up, but people are going to target them more as it obviously gets more people on the water. As a bycatch for snapper in Western Port, you tend to catch a hell of a lot of small gu- small gummy sharks. Yeah, so because we, we've got that that really shallow um, top end where everything's sort of sub three metres, it's a really good nursery for you know, all the species to grow up in, and that's where the gummy sharks go and feed on a lot of crabs and crustaceans. So the, the size limits, they're mainly between just undersized to right up to around 70, 80 centimetres for the odd up to a metre. But they're great for a feed. They're great fun for the kids and you can get multiple fish. And the good thing about gummy sharks, they're not affected by the barometer or anything like that. They feed a lot more than snapper. So you can actually actively target them on the days that the snapper aren't feeding. Yeah, perfect. Now, 
we know that in your report for Salt Guide each week, you give us some advice where to fish. You give us your marks, what to fish. Now, coming off the back of the moon, give the listeners out there, what would you be looking at to do if you were to head out and plan your week, say, for the for the next few days, Melbourne Cup, obviously, and into the week ahead, coming off the back of that moon? Yeah, so we've got that interchange sort of period where this week coming, all has been nice, slow tides. So you pitch deep water for gummy sharks, um, squid, even your um, deep water whiting. Yep. And and you can get some good areas of snapper too. And as we come off the back of that moon and the, the tide increases, so all the banks will fire up for whiting. They'll go very well. And then you get up in those shallow areas away from the, the major weed trail because a lot of weed gets washed off from that big current. And you can actually sit in two, three metres of water up the top end and catch snapper all day long. So And we've just hit that point now, Red, where we, like I said, 16.5 degrees. In the next week, the temperature is going to jump a degree and a half. So that's 17.5, and then the whole of Western Port will just go absolutely nuts. And we've got that beautiful weather over the weekend that's heating it up too. So it's pretty much guaranteed that's going to happen. Speaking of red hot, anyone that fishes with you generally enjoys catching a couple of fish, including myself, being fortunate enough to fish with you a lot of the times, and you do extremely well, especially in that Western Port side of things. For those that are wanting to learn how to fish, where to fish. You've obviously got Salt Guide, which you're a co-owner with myself. We spend a lot of time on that. So saltguide.com.au if you do want to learn more about Gwaine's fishing. But also, you do Salt Guide full-time, but on the side, you do have your guides, which are going to be becoming more available as the weeks come on. How do we get in contact with you? What are you going to do on those guides and your social media platforms? Okay, so... You jump onto Gwaine Blake Professional or Gwaine's Professional um, and get on get on there and like me and obviously send me a message. But basically what the guide is, is to find out what boat you have, what we need to do to make that boat more fishable. And it might be simply sea anchors, bridle hooks, bring a, bring a rod holder along, whatever I have to do to help make that guide perfect. And then the idea is we go out and I show you how I would hunt down and target a species. It's not about just blasting out and sitting on a mark that I've had for 20 years. It's actually actively going out and hunting that fish and teaching you everything we can do to actually target and catch that fish. Yep. Spot on. Make sure you do give Gwen a call or a message. If you want to expand your fishing, he is very, very good at what he does. G-Man, thank you for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. Uh, we appreciate it massively, and I'm sure that you're probably going to land a few snapper, and we'll see him on Facebook very, very soon. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Tight line. Cheers. That was all aboard. Time for Red's review. Redmond, what do you have for us this week? Now, there's so many different styles and brands and types of these sorts of things, uh, which I'm going to talk about in two seconds. It comes down to the cost as well. You can get them cheap and quite expensive. You can make them your own. And what I'm talking about is spreader bars. Now, like I said, so many different brands, styles, and types. Now, what a spreader bar is, it's basically a teaser that is attached to your rod rather than as such, I guess, to a rod that's uh, with no, a rod without a hook in it. And what I mean by that is when we chase marlin, quite often we have a teaser out the back, the marlin come up behind the teaser, and we drop a live bait back to that marlin, and it will take it. Now, this year, uh, and not just this year, I've, I've known people that have done this for a long time. Now, I don't use these. Uh, I've, For me, I've 
always been found it okay to catch fish without these using different methods, whereas soft plastics last year on the bluefin tuna out the front of bow and heads, which is where these where this product, your spreader bar as such, got used very heavily. So a lot of people were on the And really successfully. And very successfully on the lures. So I was fishing a bit different, Pat, remember? I was going up very quietly with the engine, getting in front of the fish, casting plastics and and, and the bungee cars, where the guys that were trawling lures, running their lure off the back of the spreader bar is what was working best. And what I mean by that is the spreader bar, it's a bar. It's a, it's a literally a stainless bar that has, I guess you can call them little birds. You can, people call them um, hummingbirds that, that, that I guess they look at and they flicker in the water. And they've also got, you can run, you can run whatever you want off the back of them. You can run um, six or eight lures coming off the back of the spreader bar. You can run plastic squids, which they use on the marlin a hell of a lot. They're, they're all different styles and methods. And you've got to remember that this is going to be attached to your rod and you're going to fight the fish with this on. And I know a hell of a lot, a hell of, a lot of barrels that got caught on this at before COVID and even last year, the spreader that people were using the spreader bar, and that was the one that went first in their spread of lures. So something to worth worth looking at, and I'm just going to explain it quickly. Basically, it attaches to your main line on your snap swivel, and you can run your 200 pound or whatever you want to run to attach it. You got to remember the water resistance when you're fighting the fish does pull on this, so you do need to have quite strong line, and then you can run your normal lure, I guess 130 or 150 pound, whatever you want to run and whatever you're going to buy, you can buy different weights. It'd be stupid for me to sit here and talk for an hour of every style of weight you could get. And then it has a snap swivel that comes off the back of it, which sits behind the spread of lures or squids. And it actually attaches, you can actually snap your lure or bait or whatever you're running to the end of that spreader bar. And these can range from literally 80 bucks right through to $300, $400. So it's a well worth product to look at. If you may be struggling to get a bite, definitely head into your tackle store and ask them about spreader bars, but be mindful that you're going to have to spend a few dollars. It does cost a bit of money. You could probably make your own if you really wanted to, Pat. And it's as simple as running your lure off the back of it. It attaches to the rod and be mindful that you fight the fish with the spreader bar actually attached to the rod and the fish in itself. So that's how it works. That's a spreader bar. I'm on Wowsy's Bait and Tackle as we speak right now. I'm looking at a price here, $96.90 for that one, $84 for that one, a few hundred for that one. So get one that's in your price range, give it a go, and I hope that there can catch you a few more fish, Patrick. That is Red's Review. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodridge, celebrating 150 years. Redmond, your attack for the weekend, what are you chasing? I'm going to shoot out straight after this, depending on weather. Um, I'll make a bit more of a plan of attack with the weather report and the boats, because it is a long weekend, Pat. And you all know what happens on a long weekend. More boats come down to say good day, But whiting and squid, I reckon, this afternoon, this strong southerly. I'm not going to be able to do much else. Possibly a snapper later in the afternoon, if I can be bothered. Uh, Sunday... Looking a bit better, might be something similar. And then into next week's looking beautiful. We're going to see some beautiful offshore days and a couple, I think we've got a couple of uh, days of nearly 30 degrees, Pat, which is great for the snapper fishery to fire up the top end of Port Phillip Bay because it hasn't been super red hot yet. It's not far off kicking off though. And speaking of snapper, Red's tip this week is snapper bait. And it's about picking the right baits and doing the right things, Pat. 
because so many people go out there and buy crap and wonder why they don't catch anything. Your snapper bait, what I mean by that is you're talking pilchards, silver whiting, salmon, squid, anything, red rockets, garfish, but it's about buying stuff that works. Don't go and buy salted pilchards that has had everything dehydrated out of them. Buy nice fresh pillies. And you can buy these in bulk too, Pat. You can buy them in 20 kilo boxes and go home and freeze them yourself. Speak to your tackle store. I'm sure they'll help you out one way or the other. Make sure you speak to them. But silver whiting the same. You go to Clifton Springs now along the channel, and I mean along the channels, number three and four, I'll give it to you. Anywhere through there, you're going to catch hundreds of silver whiting off the bottom. There is so many there. If you can go to the market, buy them fresh because they do catch fish better. Now, squid, you don't have to buy... So you're saying... Yep. So you're saying the bait that I've had in the fridge for nine months <laughs> because of COVID, and I haven't used it since December, um, you're saying that's no good. If you've cryvacked it, you might get away with it. But <laughs> I know you have not cryvacked your bait. <laughs> no, I haven't. So <laughs> chuck it out. But... It's, I'd be buying you, I'd be starting fresh and I've loaded up the freezer with squid because as I do every year, I need to do it. It saves me a lot of money and it also catches you a hell of a lot more fish because it's coming out of Port Phillip Bay and it's as fresh as you can get it. So going by looks with your bait too, Pat, if you can see freezer burn all over it, don't buy it. Speak to them. Is there something better or do you have something else coming in? And tackle stores aren't going to have that. More your servo styles will have that sort of stuff. The issues with things, uh, I guess, freezer burn and you can see the yellow tinge on it. And if you're buying silver whiting, you'll see with the guts. The, the guts are real soft and they're basically falling out in the freezer uh, Why they're frozen. You don't want that because the flatties get in there and rip the guts open and take the guts out and they basically will ruin your, ruin your baits that you do have for your snapper. So be smart, mindful when it comes to bait because those little things, instead of getting two fish, you're going to get your bag of six if you're fishing with your mate Bob. So that there is Red's tip on uh, snapper bait, Patrick. If you're a real tight ass, can you use the bait out of the fridge Go and chase some wrasse, dead legal size, obviously. Get your wrasse and then go chase some gummy sharks. I do that every time I go out. <laughs> All my crap stuff goes to my bait, as in catching bait. Like, your wrasse and stuff, your wrasse and the, the you got to remember, you go to a reef with wrasse, you're going to catch bloody thousands. And I know that you're going to go out there with your stupid bloody fly rod with your, what do you got, Oakley Sunnies, I'm pretty sure you wear. You're going to head out there and cast a few fly, fly things around, we'll call them. <laughs> drive, drive down with the uh, Range Rover and <laughs> yeah, head down there with your. What do you got? I actually uh, called. I actually called into your place last week. We uh, stayed down in Wire River with a family. You I leave t- it cleaner than when you walked in. I couldn't get in because you had bloody massive builder fences around it. All I wanted to do was check out the new house, and I couldn't even get in there. No key yet. Where's my, where's the spare key, Pat? <laughs> but I dropped into. Yeah, even your... when I do get the spare key, you won't be getting near it. I'll give you the hot tip. Um. I'll find it. It'll be in some sort of Nike shoe that's out the front of your house, the one of 74 that sits on your stairwell. As we finish off the show, the flying gaff this week is very, very simple. As we all start to head back down to local piers and jetties and boat ramps right across the country, let's make sure we continue to maintain our social distancing. The last thing that we all need is another outbreak and then a return to the conditions that so many Victorians this year have faced. So whether you're in Victoria, South Australia, New South Wales, Western Australia, anywhere, let's make sure we continue to do the right thing. Um, We look after our fellow fishermen and we catch plenty of fish. You've been listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodridge, celebrating 150 years. 
Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.